I'm Ashley Aiken. And I'm Chris Cerna. The wedding industry has unintentionally perpetuated a culture of chasing perfection at the cost of your relationships and mental peace. We know this because we've spent a combined 16 years photographing weddings. Together, we dive into the silent struggles of the modern engaged couple, like you. Our goal is to empower you to pop that perfection bubble, embark on the journey of self-awareness, forge your own wedding planning path, and and ultimately ultimately cultivate a healthy and thriving marriage. What is up, Chris? What is up, Ashley? Not a lot. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm pumped. I'm ready. I'm ready to record. Same. This is going to be a really good one today. What's up, listeners? How are you guys doing? Hopefully good. y'all doing? We're good, guys. (laughs) Like waiting for a response. Yeah. I know. So I have a little something to share in my relationship world that I've been meaning to tell you about, Chris. I'm ready. And I actually so, don't know about this, so this is the first time I've heard about it. No, I know. I've been anxiously awaiting to tell you about this like newfound thing Justin and I have implemented in our marriage, in our Ooh, household. I need this. It has been pivotal. Well, a lot of things that we've implemented in our relationship have been, what's the word, um, ignited by conversations that you and I have had over the years. Ooh. So this one, maybe I can help. Well, I don't know. Justin, I feel like we're just, we're just beginning to adult. Or what if I'm like, oh, that sucks. Or what if I'm like, we've been doing this for years, Ashley. I feel like you're going to say we've been doing this for years. (laughs) Okay. Lay it on me. So I feel like I, as the woman, have been the one that has felt like I need to do all of the cooking, all of the cleaning, all of the grocery shopping, all of the planning, because I'm also a planner. Okay. Yeah, I can and understand feeling that pressure. Yeah, it's kind of a gender norm. Mm-hmm. And like you become a wife and that is like the role that you believe that you need to take, right? That's yeah. what I thought. So Justin and I have done this. And I also like lean into my two Enneagram in the regard that I want Justin to have like nothing to stress out about. I yeah. want to be able to just provide and make his life super easy. So I've always just taken this huge load on my shoulders on top of working full time and being an entrepreneur, I work all the time, you know? So we had this conversation because he got mad at me and he like was super upset because I also eat like a bird and (laughs) he's like, I need to gain weight. So he's always like, we don't have enough food in the house. Like, when are you going to cook? When are, when are you, what are we going to eat? I don't want to yeah. eat that anymore. All, all these fights about food. Well, finally we had this like come to, so super hangry. He was I hangry get hangry too, man. I get so and, hangry. Lara knows too. Cause she's like, we need to feed you. But she yeah. also, she also does get angry too when she get and she's super sweet. She's very just chill. And so anytime she she's getting like snippy with the kids, I'm like, oh my God, I have not fed her. She, we need to get some food in her. <laughs> I need to feed her. <laughs> yeah. So he's just really mad and soup like, cause it was, it's my, been my responsibility. And we had this just like little come to Jesus moment. And I said, you know, Justin, like, I really need to be honest with you. I don't think this is working me cooking. And I said, yeah. here's why I think food is more important to you than it is to me. Mm. And when I cook, I cook 
like two servings for two people, but yeah. I cook for like like two Ashley servings, not two uh, Justin servings. And so he would eat two burritos when I'd make enough for like the week. Yeah. And then the, he'd eat them all. And I'm like, Justin, I made these for the week. And he's like, I'm hungry. So anyways, he took it. He took, he's, he's taken grocery shopping over. He's taken cooking Snap. over. Snap. Yeah. I have never seen this man happier or more, more proud in my entire life. We've been together for seven years. He is so happy. He's prideful. He has this like sense of purpose and belonging in our household. I don't touch man. grocery shopping or cooking. Although he like makes things with like mushrooms and I'm a child and don't like mushrooms. And oh, so I, I just mushrooms. have to. Ew. I love a man. I, so I have to just suck Sauté it up and I with the pretend onions and throw that on something. Oh man! Ew. No, 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 no. But so he's I just pretend he's eating that he's more because he's eating servings that are good for him. Yes. And I also like he's really proud of the food he's making. Yeah. Like he made cordon bleu the other day. Was it was it good? It was so good. Yeah, I, I, I get so that. I feel that. Him. So we so realized made a shift in our relationship. Okay, so you guys basically had a conversation and defined, hey, this isn't working. So you found mm -hmm. like this this point of tension in your marriage, realized it wasn't working, had a conversation about it, and Justin's you like you guys made some tweaks. Yeah. Is there anything you took over that you weren't doing previously? Cleaning. Well, and I was, but like I never had time to clean. Right. But now so like, it probably feels more manageable time. because you're not having to do the cooking and the shopping and all that stuff as well. Exactly. Where before it's like, I felt like I was giving 5% to like a hundred things where now I yes. feel like I can give a hundred percent to this one thing. Yeah. That's legit. Oh, it's man, been that's incredible. So that's so like, good. That's a huge win. And it's a win for both of you guys. Yeah. Like our house is better, but also like our relationship is better. Like he literally, it's like daily. He's like, I'm so obsessed with you. And I'm like, you've literally never <laughs> been this consistent in being obsessed with me in our entire life. And now you're cooking and you're obsessed. Like you just with discovered me. the secret. I'm not oh, even the one doing the cooking. Eat. He just needs to eat more. That's he it. just needs to be fed. Just feed the beast. And and he'll be happy. You know what though? Like how Incredible. many how many times do you hear of couples? Like I do this all the time with my parents and Lara's parents. I'm like diagnosing them. I'm like... I see all these issues in their marriages, but it's like, I would never bring them up because you have to come to those realizations on your own. Like you're yeah. not going to change something. Like somebody could have told you, like someone really close to you, Ashley, if you will just do this, 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 and this, like maybe you would have thought about it, but, and you guys are a little different because you're more open to like, um, maybe insights or sharing things like that and, and acting mm -hmm. on them. So you guys probably would have been different, but you guys arrived there on your own. That's big. Yeah, it was wild. I mean, it's taken a long time, but the point is that we got there. Heck yeah. Props mm -hmm. to Justin. He's going to have to cook some food. Dude, he's becoming a little chef boyardee, I swear. It's great. Yeah. Highly recommend. And that's going to be good because that's going to bring him joy. Like it's fulfilling to create something. And he is an artist. So creating something yeah. is, it's not that different with food. You're like taking all of these different elements and you're combining something that mm -hmm. that's going to make you happy. And he's also watching Gordon Ramsay's masterclass. I love Gordon Ramsay. Cooking. Oh my gosh. I just, one. There's two. Yes. Yeah. We haven't, I mean, we're diving through the first one, but I also yeah. realized I've been making scrambled eggs wrong my whole life. Oh yeah. He's like, you want to <laughs> pull them off the heat, put them back on. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I've seen him do I'm it. I've yet to, to do it, but they look so much better when they're done too. Uh, like that's what I made my burritos so with. Delicious. They're so good. But yeah. he also like adds creme, creme. fresh. Mm -hmm. yep. What the hell? From so my creme grandma freshes? makes eggs that look like his and they're so good. 
like adding that cream to them, it just changes things. They're moist. It's weird. They're fluffy. Yes. Hit them with some pepper. Yeah. Dude, yeah. Speaking my love language. So, so what have, about you? Do you have anything to share yeah, with me? Yeah, I have something that's kind of funny. Um, so okay. Lara told me the other day, she was like, you'll never guess what show my parents started binging on Netflix. Now, here's so my parents are, I think my dad just turned 50. I'm 30. So there's a so my dad was 20 when he had me. I think my mom's turning actually her birthday was yesterday. And I think she just turned 47 or 46. Some somewhere in there. There's like a 3 or 4 year difference between them. And so she got pregnant in high school. There's a big difference. So that's that's my mom's story. Or like my parents told there. Lara's dad I think is like 70 something. Her mom is is like 60. There I mean they they have like 15 20 years of my parents. And so she She's like, you'll never guess. So I'm like trying to guess what show that they started watching. They're very conservative. They're very uh, Jesus-y, very uh, just conservative. That's the word. That's probably the best word that I would use to describe them. So I'm like trying to think like, oh, she's like, we watched it. I was like, oh, Cobra Kai. And she's like, nope. And I loved Cobra Kai, by the way. And then I just, so I just start going through this list of The Office or Parks and Rec. Or she's like, you're never going to guess. And then she said, they started watching Breaking Bad. Oh my god, that was the one I was gonna say. Really? Oh my god, I literally was thinking in my head like, part of me wants it. to guess Breaking Bad. Yes, it was Breaking Bad, and so I love Breaking Bad. It's such a good show, but it's you also know it's dark as hell. It's very dark, and not only that, they binge the whole thing in a week. What? In one week? I don't even of the episodes. She said she said the first day they started watching it, they started watching like in the afternoon and stayed up to like two AM watching. <gasps> they're too Oh no, they're yes. there. That's that's kinda cute. It is that's kinda it is cute. cute. Uh, I want to know how many episodes there are. Uh how many uh, it's episodes? an astronomical amount. I mean, Breaking honestly, bad. it's a lot of episodes. Let me see. How many episodes? Okay, in Breaking Bad. Dude, I miss some Walter White in my life. I do 62. And those are like 45-minute episodes. Oh, yeah. So 62. Yeah, they're significant. Okay, 62 times 45 divided by... Well, no. I don't know what I was trying to do. <laughs> I don't know what I was trying to do with that math. I was trying to see how many minutes that is. But yeah. 62 episodes, like, that's so impressive in a week, man. That is so crazy and, and the so, type of show. And so then we were over on Sunday night and uh, I was like, oh, so I heard you guys started watching Breaking Bad. So then I told them about um, uh, El Camino, which is a movie that came out with Jesse. It's mm -hmm. just his story at the end. And her dad, like, lit up. And so we ended up watching it that night. We were like, yeah, we were there at their house until like 11 on Sunday. Have you, I haven't watched, watched this. I'm just curious. Have you watched um, Better, Better Call, Call Saul? Saul? Yes. Justin's yes. dad slower. loves it, but. It's slower um, and it's not as dark, but it's cool. It's kind of like, a, it just reminds you, like you, you start to see these characters that you fell in love with again, like Mike comes okay. back and, you know, all these older, older characters and stuff. Yeah, so. the crossovers just but in I general never, from it's anything. It's so funny because. Again, keep in mind, conservative parents. Her mom was like, I just love that Jesse kid. Like he makes oh <laughs> he makes all of these bad mistakes and bad things, but you know he's got a good heart. And she's like, It's so funny seeing her empathize with the character and her dad is like a cowboy, you know, he's like a, a rancher guy. And so it was just it was super fun. I never would have guessed that, but so it I was mean, cool to just have these like these conversations we have with our friends about like, oh, we're watching the show. Like we had that with our parents. That was kind of cool. Breaking Bad. I mean, 
the you know just even saying it like came out in a good guy man yeah it yeah i wish a minute it it stood the test of time it that really reminds, has. Like, reminds me of sons of anarchy have you watched that i haven't but my uncle mm-hmm. did and he binge. Di- i mean you should dive into it yeah i need to but you, you know i've also it. never watched game of thrones either and that's right up my alley uh, uh the like medieval type thing yeah. so i've just never i've just never watched it i've I heard can't. it's like filled with a bunch of sex and rape scenes and stuff like that. So I've never dived into it. I I don't know. I can't get, it's like their accent. I feel like you get over it, but I've watched a ton of it. I just can't watch it from the beginning because I feel like everybody says it got like a lot better after a certain time. Interesting. But yeah, yeah. see, I, I, that's my, that's my jam. Dragons, elves, yeah. all that stuff. Like I'm it's really good. Like I love all that kind of stuff. It is really good, but so, I can't get into it from the beginning. So anyways, but yeah, Breaking that's, Bad, that's amazing. <laughs> that's what we were kind of up to this weekend. And that was that was a little a little highlight blip in, in our relationship with, with her parents. Heck, it was a lot of fun. yes. That's some bonding. Yeah. And so while that was like a really, really awesome time and a really, really good thing, uh, there's some things going on in our world that are not awesome. What do you think the main thing that's going on in our world is that sucks? so bad um, i mean there's a lot of them maybe it's the pandemic i think i think so i think so too it's I think definitely it's the pandemic covid19 pandemic covid yeah. you remember i do you feel like people call it coronavirus anymore mm, no but anytime that i hear the word coronavirus all i think of is that meme that's like coronavirus <laughs> you know what i'm talking about yes 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 uh, yeah I, I, of, I, I, and no one even calls it 19 it was just covid COVID. Yeah. Did you, uh, Kevin Hart has a special on COVID that he does. He calls it the yeah. vid. The vid. He says someone got the, the vid. vid. Oh no, he's got the vid. Yeah. Oh, he's like, I mean, it just sounds so much more dramatic. COVID sucks, does, man. Yeah. Co- vid also makes it like kind of a little comical where like COVID is like the C word. Yeah. It's, it's just, it, it sucks. And we're going to be coming up on a year of this, like in March. Is that hard to believe? I know. It's really hard to believe, actually. And like when you think that other countries were dealing with COVID in like January, like I know they, they've been dealing with it for a year. Gosh. Not that we're far off, but it's just kind of crazy. We didn't even like in the United States, we weren't even really paying attention to COVID. And then it's just like, I'll never forget it, man. I remember like <clears throat> the weekend it blew up and I had I had actually been talking to Lara about it like a couple weeks before. You know, because I'm woke. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> but I was like, hey, there's this thing. It's happening over there. Like, this is going on. Because she's not on social media. So she's not aware of anything. So I'm always, like, trying to keep her connected to the world. And I remember telling her about it. And I was like, uh, I don't know. There's a good chance this might become a thing for us here. And then, again, it was like a week, two weeks later. It just exploded uh, in the media. And then it was like, okay, this is here. And mm-hmm. our world's rapidly changed. And... uh it was a pin dropping that made it like literally the world like blew up our world in our the world states that it, like, and it's it's so funny because we forget that like like you said there are other people's lives who had been lost already and mm-hmm. families' lives who had already changed radically and it just mm-hmm. it took a minute to get here it's kind of like it making just, a wave and then it takes a time to get you know further down but yeah. it, it eventually hit us yeah it's it was weird I mean that was the weekend I got married. And I so, know you guys, but <laughs> I can't wait for us to have the episode where we really dive know. into everything that you do. But yeah, you guys like you guys did small wedding before small Anyways. wedding was cool, you know. Yeah, which but like really worked out in the benefit of like being able to give insight to people on how to 
do this small wedding thing. Yeah. So that was nice. But we went away for the weekend out of town, basically off the grid in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And it was like 15 of us, 13 of us, really. And then whenever it was time for us to come home and like we just kind of were in this little bubble and like we came mm -hmm. home and we're like, wait, the and it was that fire. Monday yeah. that like literally the world was on fire. Yes. It was, yep. in, that, that, it was like a weird awakening and I'm like, okay, no honeymoon. Let's like, and all of a sudden we yeah. as wedding photographers. That was what I was going to ask like, you. Yeah. My, like the day I got back, my entire inbox is flooded with people nervous about their weddings. And that's what up. I was going like, to ask you. Like, how did you think that this was going to affect the wedding industry the way that it has? Like, you know, this is like March. So everyone's got hopes that, oh, by the time summer rolls around, this thing will be right. Home. And then summer comes around and then everyone's like, oh, well, we should be good for fall. And then fall comes around and it's, you know, there was like a slight dip and then it like spiked again, like in the mm -hmm. winter. So did you anticipate that the wedding industry would be as affected? as No, it? because also all we knew at the time is like the flu. And right. whenever the flu comes around, when it warms up, you know, the virus like goes dormant. And so we kind of all thought that by the time summer came, it really would be gone because we didn't yeah. really know or understand. And so, yeah, I definitely didn't think that it was going to be something that would affect us in the long haul at all. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I, I, I didn't know what to think. I mean, I thought, and you know, the funny thing is like, I had just been talking to brides. Like I remember like, man, I must've been following this even sooner. Cause I remember in February, having a meeting with a bride and going, Hey, here's something to consider. This might be a thing here. I don't know. Uh, and we had planned out their schedule and everything like that. And then, you know, it came and hit and then their wedding was actually the first wedding. And, uh, they went from like, I mean, I think they were going to have like a 250 person wedding to doing a, uh, I think it was eight. They had eight people there, uh, 10 people, including me and the minister. And, and this was like, no one knew what the heck was going on. Like this was at the very end of March mm -hmm. that I think, no, maybe it was the end of April. No, it was the end of April. And was it? Yeah. It was the very end of April. And so, because yeah, it was my first wedding. Down? Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, technically I still broke the law and did, I mean, well, there was, it was like a 10 people minimum. And so there were 10 of us there with me and the mm -hmm. minister Mm -hmm. Um, it was outdoors and so, but it was just like so different than what they had planned. So, mm -hmm. so, so, so different. And, uh, you know, the groom was from out of the country. I think he was from El Salvador or somewhere. I can't remember where he was somewhere yeah. from South America and all his family was going to be flying in. They weren't able to come in. You know, it was just, it was a really, really, really big deal. And it was a hard day, but I remember like the joy that they had. They were just like, man, like, this is so chill. This is so relaxed. Like it's just us. We're getting married. Like we're getting ready. It was just a really, really chill day. But I remember feeling like this is so different from everything that it normally is. But I thought things would get better. Okay. I really did. And I thought that we would go back to normal and it just, mm -hmm. it is yet to happen. Yeah. Kind of. It's still, we're still living in this weird, but I think the thing, the good thing about right now is that we are better adjusted than when we were in 2021 oh, or for 2020. Sure. I think the thing that, I mean, that we can both agree on and we've talked about this, but like this sucks. This sucks for couples. Yeah. There's nothing there. It just freaking sucks. Like I cannot imagine trying to plan a wedding right now with just everything changing as much as, as it has been. 
No. And I mean, you, you have to be fluid. You have to be able to adapt because things don't necessarily go as planned. Do you have, do you have, maybe, I don't know if you had any, I think I'm the one who thought of the examples, but. Yeah, I can't think, I feel like I'm blocking out 2020. <laughs> so I, I, there's a couple things like that just stand out of my mind that are just really, really crappy things that happened to couples um, that were some of my couples this year that I, I photographed and took their, their wedding photos. And one of them, uh, I think it was, this is the most recent one, but we had just had some new mandates come out in Wichita that um, shrunk the size. I can't remember, but I think it was down to like 50 people or something like that. Where previously, I think we were at like the 150 mark, and then they they shrunk it down to 50. And so the church venue uh, actually canceled on them. They said, hey, you can have your ceremony here because we can social distance, and this is a religious ceremony and a religious event, so we're kind of exempt from that. But your reception is not a religious ceremony or event, so we cannot host your reception. And so they ended up scrambling three days before their wedding and canceling their reception and ended up um, going to uh, the bride used to play softball. And so they ended up going to a softball field and just having drinks mm. and like cake and punch there. She was like, honestly, I, you don't have to go take photos of that. You know, it's like not going to be decorated. We're not, we're literally just going to eat and then we're going to hop on our party bus with our bridal party and get shit faced. So, <laughs> and, and, you know, and party and we're just not going to have a reception. So that's hard. That's hard that when they had really already hard. planned three days before, put catering deposits down, put, you know, they ended up giving away all their cupcakes and boxing them up so that they can hand them out to people as they left the uh, ceremony because, you know, mm. they had all of these cupcakes and all of this stuff. And so they had to, they had to pivot. They had to shift things. Um, well, and for them to just be like, you know, we're just going to get shit faced. Like they're probably like, she's defeated. She's like, let's, let's just. I'm just going to do my best to enjoy myself right now. Right. Yeah. And at that point, I remember her saying, she's like, you know, we just kind of feel numb at this point. Like things have changed so much that it's just kind of like, well, we're just going to do this and it is what it mm -hmm. is. But I remember that was a big thing. Like three days before the wedding, man, venue canceling. Another yeah, one. Anything, yeah. I was about to say, did anything yeah. else happen? Yeah. Another one. There was a father of the bride. Her dad got COVID. He was on a business trip, came back tested uh i think just the day before uh, a couple days before and he tested positive so he could not be at the wedding and that hit her hard rightfully Understandably. so yeah. yeah i mean that was so was, so so it was so tough, so man. tough man. and she, she well, was, at that point she's just got it was like, very it was a very hard day for her she's very close to her dad and uh and so i, I can imagine that was difficult for her dad you know, not easy for him either. Oh, absolutely. His little girl's getting married. Like that's, we talked about this recently. Parents in our last episode, mm -hmm. parents are, look forward to their children's wedding day as much as their child. If I'm mean, for longer. Yeah, for sure. So that was, that was tough. And then um, the last one that kind of comes to mind is just, and this was kind of happened through many weddings, but there was one wedding where um, family was not able to travel at all. They lived in another state. And so, uh, the bride and groom ended up having a backyard wedding and the, there was no representation of the groom's family there. He was the only one. And, uh, and so, you know, he was bummed that his family couldn't be there and, and they made the best of the day. But like, you know, I think when you're, you're envisioning your wedding, you're hoping to have those closest to you there mm -hmm. to be able to celebrate with you. And, uh, I loved their backyard wedding. It was amazing. It was beautiful. They had, um, was it, what's the soup kitchen, Tanya soup kitchen? 
Yeah. Thanks. Oh my gosh. I tried. Oh, my mind was blown. Their food was so good. But you never had it before? No, never. And I ended up doing like, it was like a, it was like a soup that was like a, no, it's not cumin. What's the, it's like a yellow color. Turmeric? No, not turmeric. You put like coconut in it. No idea. No, I have. I don't cook. It's a, it's a yellow, it's a yellow one. Um, it's going to drive me crazy. Whatever. It was a very good soup. It was delicious. And so I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed that. But yeah, he had no one there. Yeah, that, that is definitely has rang true in a lot of wedding couples and what they're dealing with right now. Justin, my husband, when we ended up having a reception this summer, he had zero. Well, okay. That's not true. His grandma was able to be there who lives here. But other than his grandma who lives here, he all of his family's from out of town. And so nobody showed up. But I had a bunch of people show up. Yeah. So I remember that being like something that he had to grieve. Yeah. He was looking forward to spending that day with like celebrating with his family and not being able to was really tough on him. So all of these couples having to grieve the loss of what they thought that they were going to have. And that's a very accurate word to use to describe it like this this grieving that takes place, something that you longed for, that you had hoped for, and then it is no longer there. I mean, that that is an appropriate word to use. Mm-hmm. If yeah. you, like, what, obviously we know it's stressful. A big part of what we want to do on this show, though, is digging deeper and going beyond what's just on the surface level. And so trying to kind of be a little insightful, like, what is it about, like, what is it that makes this stressful i think it's i mean everybody should dive into this but i think that an example is couples are stressed and like our listeners are stressed a lot of them because this is unpredictable they are the only i mean this is gonna you know 2020 and 2021 they don't know what to expect it's always been able to be you do this and then this happens they're like well i do this And then I might not be able to do this actually. And so they have to constantly be in this anxiety of the unknown. Is there going to be another shutdown? Like I know that's something people are afraid of currently with the surges all over and realizing that the day that they've always dreamt of or that they visioned currently being different than the way Yep. That it is going to actually come to fruition. And that's, I think, another stressful thing for them is like so letting go of that. So it's the unpredictability and then realizing like, man, this day I've dreamed of, like it, it might not play out that way. So it's like you're, you're kind of having your wedding world shattered in yeah. a sense. Yes, absolutely. And I think that because they are stressed about it, I think a lot of that stress is rooted in still dreaming of what a wedding would be like without COVID. Yeah. So almost kind of like living in this, this world where COVID doesn't exist, but the world that we currently do live in COVID does exist and it is affecting everything. Even yeah. Weddings. Yeah. That's a really good way to put it. Like they're, they're dreaming of a future where it doesn't exist while living in a world where it does exist. And like, it's hard to wrap your mind around the fact that that, vision of the future doesn't match like the vision of your present but like maybe a lot of this is just a kind of a little bit of a tangent but some of that 
planning and stress could be resolved if we planned a wedding for the world that we're in. Right. It's like you, know? you have to you have to live in the current reality. And I know that that don't hear that as insensitive. Like I hope exactly. no one takes that as as being insensitive. Like we we are around couples who are suffering and are mourning things and are sad and honestly for even being more honest depressed and really really not okay and i feel like brides are trying to put on this brave face and move forward and go everything's fine everything's fine everything's okay and while that's commendable it's i feel like it's not fair to yourself to not like allow yourself to feel those things and to feel that like good could you plan a plan b it even i mean there's just a lot of different avenues to go but i think the most stressful one is planning a wedding for a world that doesn't have isn't going through a pandemic i think it's it's anxiety inducing oh yeah and so maybe you plan a plan a if everything you know maybe the pandemic is way better at the end of the year or maybe 2022 it's got who who knows you know but then like let's also go plan b what like let's let's do a plan a and a plan b you know i mean i even have a bride like she legit legitimately went down to plan d like there were there were that many options and i think that that was something that she really did do for herself that was really good because she she had all of these plans um and the other thing is like i don't know if you've heard this at all but i feel like i keep hearing couples even people who are not my couples that they keep saying things like well we're getting married in fall of this year this time of year like you know last year it was like oh we're getting married in 2021 we'll be fine like this won't be a thing Mm -hmm. or even couples now you know in 2021 they're like Oh, we're getting married in the winter. Like it'll it'll be okay. It'll be fine. Like COVID will be gone by then. Vaccines here. The vaccines here. Which, granted, it's a point in the right direction. Right. It's, it, we, it's, we still don't know how effective. Exactly, and it's like the whole this, population. This thing has already thrown so many of our leading scientists, doctors, and everyone for a loop. It's like I I would just say nothing is off the table. Like anything could happen, and. I really do think that it would be a healthy mindset shift to begin to navigate for people to accept that COVID could be here to stay and that it could be something that is at least affecting the wedding industry and your big day for years to come. And I know that that sounds dark and I know that that that's not what people want to hear, but it's also a reality. Right. And it's if we turn a blind eye to it, we're not allowing our minds to be prepared or to be okay when you know your expectation is shattered and you have no other direction to turn like understanding this could be here for years and like even the flu the pandemic the pandemic in 1918 the flu is still here yeah You know, we just, we have a vaccine. You can get vaccinated every year if you choose to. We understand it better, so we do better. But, you know, we still live with it. And that could be, I don't know this, I'm not a doctor, but that could be potentially a way that the world now works. We just learn to live with it. Mm -hmm. But it's way, I want to say it's like so much worse. (laughs) 
without getting into the politics of it. It's right. just, it's changed our world. And in that regard, it's worse. Yeah. And, and we understand that like, we're going to have listeners and people who have all different points of view on this topic. And we're not here to debate or argue or to validate or invalidate your point of view. But I think anyone, regardless of what point of view you have, can admit and say, this pandemic has affected our potential wedding plans. That is a reality. Regardless of where you stand on it, like that is a fact. And so mm-hmm. with us being presented with this fact, like we thought it would be valuable to address this topic, even though we are coming into like, what is this, 10 months, mm-hmm. 10 months in on this currently. And it may feel like it's still very relevant to what brides and, and grooms are wrestling through right now. Well, yeah. And I also think that because we've been in it for 10 months and because we've both done so many COVID weddings or had so many adjustments that our couples have heroically made also to their wedding plans and, you know, heroically, like what whatever decision that they're making is a big one. Yeah. And because we've experienced so many of those, we're able to come at this 10 months after with 10 months of like real world experience in a way from being able to be like, we saw how this stressed these couples out and we saw how this alleviated stress for couples. Yeah. And I think the main, you, the listener would be doing yourself a disservice if you are getting married in 2021 um, or even 2022, especially 2021 to just write COVID off and say, ah, this this might, this will be done and over with. Like, Mm I think you would have way more peace of mind to begin to prepare a plan B and a plan C um, in that. And so this is something Ashley and I were talking about earlier, but 2020 couples didn't have the luxury of not being and luxury. I know that that's like, I know that I don't, I don't want to use that words. They didn't have the, uh, I don't even know what a better word might be. They didn't have the opportunity to not be blindsided by, by this pandemic, but you, the listener, you can begin to plan so that you are not blindsided because I remember like when it hit all of a sudden my summer brides that were a month, two months out, you know, like, and even one of those brides, they were one of my Noah's brides who they had already lost their venue because Noah shut down. And then we have this pandemic and, and all of this stuff going on. And so, you know, blind, like, being blindsided just really catches you off your guard. Like no one should be caught off guard right now. And I think to be caught off guard um, is probably because maybe a couple was living in, in, in this kind of fantasy land that like maybe something, I hope that doesn't sound harsh. I really hope it doesn't. I don't think it does. I, I don't think it does. And if you find yourself identifying with Chris's words and that you're like, Oh, I feel like he's talking about me. It's just like, take a look and see like, okay, how can it like looking in the mirror, how can I use this new perspective or this differing perspective and make my own life and my own world easier? Yeah. And I mean, it's a hard thing sometimes to swallow when you're like, oh crap, I have been living in a little bit of a fantasy land. And maybe... You're right. And maybe we are like just, we're not crazy, but maybe we're crazy thinking this is going to be here in 2022, but we're just preparing and want your mental space to be okay if 
things start to shift and change. So like maybe we are the crazy ones, but there's nothing wrong with having multiple plans and it's going to give you, like Chris said, that freedom and that peace of mind upstairs in your mental the big, The biggest win in the world for a bride who who does or a couple, a listener, whoever begins to plan and implement like pivoting and all these kinds of things, like beginning to shift uh, your plans and having a plan A, B, C, D, E, like all of that stuff is that if it doesn't happen, that's amazing. You mm-hmm. still get to do these things. But if it, if you aren't able to live out like your dream wedding, it's okay. You don't have to, you don't have to be caught off guard and you can, you've already made the adjustments. You've already made the plans. You've started the conversations. And so you aren't going to be stressing last minute because I think that that's what stress does. You're presented with this new information that you then have to process. So not only do you have to make a decision, you have to process it. If you begin to do this now, six months, eight months, 10 months, a year out, you have so much time to process and grieve the potential loss of you not being able to have your day that you'll just be able to execute your plans and the things that you're thinking of when your day does arrive, if it is affected. Right. And you don't have to be making decisions emotionally because you've already made those decisions when you were like logical mind, like logically minded. And if this wasn't actually happening to you, but if it is happening, here's a potential way we could go. You don't have to just sit there in this like emotional moment of grief and be like, oh my gosh, what do we do? I don't, nothing else seems great when like really maybe something could, but you're devastated understandably. So just being mentally prepared and having plan A, B, C, and D. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) That are all going to be fulfilling. And that's kind of going to be our goal here is like, how can we with you, the listener, get to a fulfilling place for you to have the wedding that makes you feel happy and makes you go to bed at night and be like, wow, that was great. Yeah. And not feeling like you were robbed because no one wants to feel like they're robbed on, on a day that is so special and so meaningful. And so really what we wanted to do in this episode is we wanted to identify one of the main problems that we've witnessed, uh, in the wedding industry with brides and grooms and, you know, people planning their wedding and, I really do think it's stress is number one up there. I mean, there's, we can list a whole, you know, two dozen other things that are issues that are happening right now for couples during the pandemic when it comes to their wedding. But stress seems to be the silent killer right now that people are really just not doing okay. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. So what we started to realize is that pivoting, and this is a word, I know we've used this even in business, like talking about our business and beginning to pivot that pivoting is something that could be extremely beneficial for people to begin to contemplate and start thinking about. Um, how would you define pivoting? I know I'm putting you on the spot with this, but oh, a little bit <laughs> pivoting. I would define pivoting as like taking advantage and I'm taking using a positive word, taking advantage of something that occurs in your life and swiveling on your feet and being like, Oop, I'm going to go this way instead. Basically, you come to a fork in the road. You can your your original path was one direction, but you get there and you're like, oh, well, maybe I need to pivot, and maybe and, I need to go down the other way. And the interesting thing about pivoting is that it is your choice. You get to choose. You know, when you pivot, you get to choose what path you go down. You get to choose which way that you want to go. And so, 
we like that word. I think that word just makes so much sense in this in this situation. And so we're going to talk about two different types of pivoting that we think would be extremely beneficial for you to implement. So our our main advice is not to just oh, come up with a plan A, B, C, D, E. Like that's good. Yes, yeah. do that. But I don't know that that's going to solve the stress because stress, like Correct. the stress is there and it's still below the surface. Planning a, making up these extra other plans, that's great, but that doesn't necessarily alleviate the stress. Some of it, yes, but there are some deeper things that we want to look under that are going on underneath the surface that we can begin to identify. So what's the first form of pivoting that we want to help people kind of begin to navigate? So I think that when pivoting, we're thinking about like, let's just envision coming to a fork and you come to a fork, you have this emotion and in that emotion, it's like a negative one with this wedding planning. So, and, so you say fear. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, give me an example. Okay. So fear. I have, I'm, I'm staring at fear and I'm at a fork and I am thinking, what am I afraid of? I am afraid that there is going to be another shutdown and I'm going to be blindsided by it. And I'm not, I'm not going to know what to do. Well, let's think, okay. If there's a shutdown, then where can I find gratitude? So we're going to like search for that gratitude in that fear of shutdown. That that could be a very valid fear. And maybe the gratitude in that is generally with these shutdowns, you have like a limit of like 10 to to 25 people, right? Wouldn't you say that that's kind of how our shutdowns have been at least here? Yeah. I mean, the more extreme ones, 10 to 25, but I know even there's been a couple, you know, even 50 is still heartbreaking to couples 75 you know that's still that's still really hard for couples but in the most extreme circumstances 10 to 25 10 to 25 so i'm gonna use extreme so we're like in this extreme moment of okay we're gonna have a shutdown i'm afraid i'm gonna have a shutdown so you're living in this fear well where's the gratitude in having 10 to 25 people i'm grateful that i still get to celebrate my marriage and coming together with 10 to 25 of the people that I love most in this world. Yes. I'm grateful that I get to still marry my, the love of my life. Yes. Even in a shutdown. I'm grateful that everyone is going to continue to be safe. You know, yes. That my other loved ones. 50 other people will be safe. And I was telling Chris this at one point, maybe now I'm grateful that I have a reason to have a five-year vow renewal because mm. all 200 people are going to come party with me when this is all over in five years or 10 years yeah. or whatever. So it's really, vow renewal is. really, I think what this is doing when you're pivoting your emotions is you feel a negative one and you can take any, you know, we use the example of fear, but you can take anger, sadness, resentment. I mean, you can take any of these excuse me, resentment that your fiance took seven years to propose to you and you could have got this <laughs> over five years. Like it could be anything. That's a good point. But you are. What, what is that? There's an, um, there's an counteracting there's, yes, emotion. There is always, you always have a choice. Always, especially with your emotions. Now that doesn't mean it's easy. No, don't, don't confuse making a choice, like having a choice and, and like that that's uh, this uh, synonymous, is that the right word? With easy because mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. it's not. Um, and it still takes some time. But what I would say is that you're identifying this negative emotion and then choosing a positive. What's up, buddy? My son just popped up. He's giving me a hug. That's very nice. 
That is very nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> you have the choice to say, okay, okay, negative emotion. I see you. I see you there. I acknowledge you. I'm not going to partner with you. Like, I, I don't want to go down this journey with you. I am going to find as many positive emotions to counteract this negative one. It's that simple. Yep. And focusing on that will keep you from going down this like dark hole in your mind because you're like, okay, well, I, I'm grateful. I'm still happy that I get to marry. Like, and so even though that will that can still exist, that anger can still exist, if you shelf it, because you've also found all of these other things to focus on, then it's not going to consume you. And eventually, by focusing on like those positive things, that anger can fizzle and you're not angry anymore. Now maybe yeah. you're just you're just a little bummed. Yeah, I, I like that. I also don't want people to hear that we're saying, get over it, don't feel your emotions because I also don't think that's healthy too. I think there's mm -hmm. a time to grieve and to feel those emotions, but, and that's healthy because that, you know, we have our emotions for a reason. They, they show us what we're feeling and we have a choice with what we do with those after that. And I think you'd be doing a disservice to yourself to not allow yourself to feel that. But if you're constantly living in that state over Correct. and over and over again, and then it starts affecting everything else, that's when it's not healthy. And that's when I think pivoting your emotions is valuable to do. Um, can you think of any, like, like, can you think of any ways to begin to teach yourself how to do this? Like, how do you stop yourself from going down this negative thought cycle? I know I put you on how the spot with that. I, I, I'm like, how do I do that? How do I stop myself from going down a negative? Well, I mean, really, honestly, you, a, you have to accept it. It's if, if anybody's familiar with meditating, when you meditate, your your thoughts are very free. They're very free flowing. They're yeah. coming in constantly. You got to acknowledge them, and you've got to like thank them for coming because, like Chris said, your emotions are going to be a guiding figure. They are going to guide you down the path that your like mental health needs. So you're accepting that emotion as it comes in. You're acknowledging it. You're like, oh, you are here to tell me something. You're here to your fear. You're here to tell me I'm scared. Why am I scared? Yes. Now I can take action on it. Without that emotion coming, you're not able to process or use it as like a, a compass, essentially. It, it can be a tool and it should not be ignored. Should not right. be ignored. So right. that's pivoting your emotions. TLDR, when you feel a negative emotion, identify it. And then you have a choice to make. Am I going to continue to feel this way with this negative emotion? If I don't want to, I can begin to focus on the positive. That's the TLDR of that one. Yeah, you know I definitely I think focusing on the positive is a good one. TLDR, I see it all the time. And I know it's like a sum up. Like it's like a Reader's Digest version in this it's, sense. But I don't know what it Too long, for. didn't read. Oh. TLDR. Too long, didn't read it. I just want to know the highs. The highlight that, points, there, the one sentence well, summary. There you go. And also breathing through things. That's it is very powerful to like yeah. just except not your mic. Breathe. Don't breathe through your mic. <laughs> Which you're not doing. Oh my god. No, you're not doing oh I've done really story. good. You've done really good. So we recorded our first episode and it sounded great. Uh and and except for Ashley was breathing through the mic the whole time. Like this, like <laughs> <laughs> Chris it's, told me I needed my mouth to be very close to the mic. I had to talk close it. to it. 
So I did. She did, except I forgot to tell her, okay, you can't stay on the mic. Like you have to breathe. And so I'm super proud of her because she's been doing awesome. I've been like coming to the left and then like I'll cha-cha slide and go to the right. Go to the right. And then I'm really far away and then I come back back and I'm here. Yeah. You're doing great. Thank you. Thank you. Hopefully you don't have to try to edit out my breathing. Oh my gosh. I would have done it, but luckily we had a backup recording on Zoom. So that was good. We had had a plan B. We always did. Yes. There you go. (laughs) Tying it all full circle. Uh, But before we move on really quick, do you, is there anything, since you put me on the spot, is there anything that you would say you can do to counteract those negative emotions that like any tools in your toolbox? I know I'm putting you on the spot. No, I know. And that's okay. I like to be put on the spot. Um, because I'm okay with saying, nope, I don't have anything, but that's not the case here. I think, I think the simple thing is to just, I feel like this is kind of one of those things that once you become aware of it, and if you keep it on the forefront of your mind, you can begin to train yourself to become aware of it. So you can literally begin to program this into your brain. Like if you wanted to be super intentional, you could wake up every day and start out. I know this is really woo woo sounding. I love woo woo though. But, and just be like, okay, you have it on your mirror. Maybe you write it down like with one of those markers or you just put a sticky note on there. And when you're brushing your teeth uh, in the morning or doing your skincare routine or whatever, you look at it and it could say something like, you can write this thing out. Like it's like a declaration over yourself. I really believe words are powerful, but you could say like today I am going to uh, be aware of my emotions. Simple as that. And you just tell yourself, and then you can even tell your brain, brain, make a note. Be aware of all negative emotions today. And then every time you go to the restroom or something like that, or if you want to do that, be really, really intentional. Make it your screensaver, your lock your, your lock screen on your phone. And it could be, you could just create something on Canva. Download it. It's a creating app. And just say, be aware That's of your emotions today. It's super simple. You know, that just reminded me. If you have find yourself having like a negative thought, because it might not be fear, and you might, you know, during this conversation multiple things might've came up in your mind. Like, Ooh, I am feeling this. I'm feeling depressed. I'm feeling whatever the emotion is. But if you want to carry out this practice, so you don't feel drowned every single time that you're overwhelmed, every time you feel a negative thought about the wedding planning process or anything that's going on in your life, pull out your phone, open up the notes app, write down the emotion that you're feeling. I'm feeling depressed. I'm feeling afraid. Or if you're, if it's like even more basic than that, or like more surface, I am mad that I'm planning a wedding during a pandemic. Then break it down again. Just do that. Like, okay, I'm mad that I'm planning a wedding during a pandemic. Am I really mad? that? Why am I mad? What's the reason that I'm mad? Well, because it's causing the stress. And then why am I stressed? Go deep down and then flip it on its head with gratitude. Why am I grateful for X? Yeah. All of this, I mean, and and gosh, I feel like our society has done a terrible job, especially in the Christian world, of of not acknowledging our emotions and just not even giving them the attention they deserve, even the negative ones. We'll focus on the good ones, but not the negative ones. It is such a powerful tool to know what you are feeling. Uh, I, I was telling Ashley about this earlier, but if you're super curious, there's a tool out there called like the emotion wheel, and it basically says like, you'll just have to Google it. Maybe we'll include it in the show notes, but um, the emotion wheel, and it basically gives a name to all of the emotions that you feel. So there's like, on its basic form, it's like sadness, happiness, anger, 
fear and then they break down into like four more and then those four more break down into six more like and it allows you to get to the root of what you're feeling but that's an extremely popular tool to be able to identify your emotions because if you can identify it that's a big deal and a big win yeah it was really he did he showed me today and i was like oh my goodness this is because when you're feeling anger really you're not angry there's you're like there's something below that and Mm -hmm. i'm a lot of the time i'm like oh my god i'm so mad and then I'll yeah. be like, wait, no, I'm not mad. I'm irritable. Why am I irritable? Yeah. And it what allows it you to actually figure it out. Yeah. You begin to have these aha moments. Like, oh, I'm hungry. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All of my anger at all of at, at all of my anger tree. It's just like all the paths lead to hunger. Yep. If I just eat. Gosh, be, just nourish happy, your yeah. body, people. Nourish your body. Okay. Pro tip. Yes. Uh, spouses, if your other spouse, even, you know, this isn't just a guy thing either. It's, it's. It's a human thing. Humans mm-hmm. get not happy when they're hungry. Feed them. Yeah. <laughs> um, Feed them. Next, the way to pivot. What's the next thing we're going to be talking about with pivoting? So we have pivoting so, your emotions. Mm-hmm. Pivoting your emotions and pivoting your expectations. But we really believe deeply that it's important to identify those emotions first. Because yes. you can't pivot. You could, but you can't actively and um, impactfully pivot your expectations without acknowledging your emotions because your emotions are going to fuel them and it's a great yeah. tool. So we we will be creating a PDF that we include in the show notes that it basically has all of these questions down because this is, it's a way <clears throat> to pivot your expectations. That's what this tool is. And so it's you basically beginning to look inward and in what's going on beneath the surface. And so we're going to, we're going to talk about these qu- questions that we've created that should help you um, get down to the bottom of what your expectations are and then can help you shift them based off of what you want. Would you agree that that's like a, a summary? I think of that's kind perfect. That and it's super important and valuable. That was the actual word I wanted. It's going to be very, very valuable. Did you hear Sterling? I 100% heard him. I was like, um, I don't he's, know what you're going to do about this, but yeah. we got a screaming child. Yeah, he's just, he was excited. He's really big on, on video games. I think mm-hmm. I hear a machine like gun going off. Most boys. I don't, so you're fine. <laughs> okay, so. So funny. But yes, I think it's going to be a <laughs> chill, okay. dude. Yeah. It's going to so, be a really valuable resource. So here's what the definition of an expectation is. It is a strong belief that something will happen or be the case in the future. A strong belief. I think you could even say that like at your core, you believe that something is going to happen. So, Which think about during pandemic time, you shouldn't yes. have any expectations. Any, any expectations. That's not what we're going to get into, but right. based on the definition of that, it's like, ooh, I, I you can't have strong I beliefs would, about anything right now. Right, right. And when your expectations aren't met, you begin to feel disappointment, sadness, uh, depression, all of these things. But I think disappointment is kind of what, what is there. It's like, oh, this is supposed to happen and it didn't happen. I mean, imagine if you have plans to go out to dinner somewhere and then they fall through. I mean, you, you feel sad about that, as silly and trivial as that may feel like. There were expectations and now those expectations were not met. I believed it was going to happen. To my core, I believed it was going to happen, and it didn't. Now I am X, Y, Z, you know, fill in the blank emotion. Now I'm bummed. I'm bummed. I really wanted to have dinner with my friends. And it didn't happen. And it didn't happen. I'm really hungry sick. right now. 
Oh my, we, we have referenced food. <sighs> so, so much. I know. Sometimes Larry and I will look at each other and we're like, one of our favorite things, oh God, we're so bad. This is why we're overweight. But we're like, you know what sounds good right now? And we'll just go through this long list of like, oh, Doritos sound really good. Like, oh, oh my God, are you sounds really good. Like We literally do that all the time. And like, this is what happens. Like I joked, there's this, <laughs> there's this meme. I have to find it, but it basically says, um, it's like two couples laying down it's inside of each other, world. laying down, uh, in bed. And one of them looks over to the other one and it says, Hey babe, do that thing that you do that I like. And it makes it seem like it's going to be sexual, but it's not. The guy pulls out his phone and order. He's like, Hey pizza hut. I want to place an order for so-and-so and so-and-so. And it's like, I sent oh. that to Lara and I was like, Oh my gosh, this is us. The amount of times that we've ordered pizza at 1130 at night is, is just, it's unreal. It's so unreal. Oh my goodness. We in a, we're enablers. We enable each other you so are. bad. No, You weren't kidding. That know, is serious. so funny. It's kind of cute though. It's kind of <laughs> yeah. cute. And th- this is why we're always like, you're my person. Like you just get Aww. me. We just, we just want to eat all the bad food together. Oh, so. everybody claps for Lara and Chris. I know. We just, we don't That was cute. Care. That was freaking cute. We're definitely not that way. When Justin and I started dating, when now we're talking about food, I had a really bad McDonald's obsession. I grew up, my family didn't cook. Dude, I ate cereal for dinner. people don't like McDonald's. I like it. Oh my God, I love McDonald's. Like, it's a, I'm say overcoming it, this obsession. People say it's, it's yucky. It's not yucky. Mm. It tastes good. Maybe like old McDonald's like a long time ago, but they've really stepped up their game with like food I quality. McDonald's. I know. I, I, so I cannot go to a McDonald's or I am legit. I'm not kidding. I used to have it three times a day. It was very bad. Long time with 32 ounce Dr. Peppers. It was awful. And Ooh. Justin, when we started dating, he was like, we cannot do this you are going <laughs> to have a better diet well he was also training for like the special military forces in the military like yeah yeah he's, and he's yeah. like what is this girl eating but anyways it was a i'm recovering um recovering McDonald's McDonald's addict. Addict. and yeah so i it's so good i get it but i we can't anymore so now i like eat like zucchini <laughs> That does not sound as good as McDonald's. No, but I have started to enjoy it. Like I've started to actually like appreciate vegetables, but I never ate vegetables as a kid. My parents didn't. Like we had cereal for dinner. Anyways. I love cereal too. Okay. I need to move How on. How did that happen? I need to get out of my fat boy brain. It's because I'm hungry. How did that happen? Oh no. It's I think it's just because something happened and you're like, oh, because I said I didn't get to go to dinner with my friends and you said, dude, I'm really hungry. Right yeah. <laughs> this is how easily I'm distracted. We're sorry, y'all. Okay. So second thing we talked about was pivoting your expectations. How? And so we're going to begin to walk down. Uh, You can do one and then I'll do one. So what's the first question that people need to begin to ask them, ask themselves to pivot their expectations? Okay. So, oh, my S just whistled. Okay. (laughs) So you need to know what your expectations are. So what are the deep emotions? Well, I guess that's the first thing actually. Just identifying it. Yeah, identify your emotions, right? Oh, shit. Identify your expectations. We're talking about so many things in food. Yeah. And now I'm like, pizza. Okay. You got food brain now. Okay, I'm, I'm back. I'm back. Okay, so you have to know and identify what all of your expectations are as they stand right now. So let's, let's get out of the, all the distracted food brain. And I want you guys to actually sit and think about it. What is it? 
that you're expecting to happen with your wedding right now. Like at your core belief, this is something that you believe. There isn't a doubt in your mind that it's going to happen. That's an expectation. Maybe it is that you expect that you are going to party yes. with your people. Maybe and, that's your expectation. And we actually, for this exercise, we're going to use that as an example for this because uh, Ashley and I talked about it and we both kind of feel that this is the main kind of disappointment that people are wrestling with. They want to party with their people and they're sad yep. when they have to cut their guest list down. Rightfully so. Totally mm -hmm. understandable. But so we're going to use that as the example. Yes. So the first thing is, is we've identified it. It's this. And so the next thing, and you can do, you can go ahead and do the next one too. Okay. So now that you've identified your expectations and it can be more than one. So now think about what are the deep emotions behind that expectation is the reason that you want to have and party with all of your people is that because you want to feel a sense of belonging and connection like that's something mm -hmm. i know that i deeply um search for in life is that sense of community connection and belonging or maybe you want to have a party because you want to feel like really proud like you want your parents to be proud and you want your grandparents to be proud like maybe this is where it all boils down to and it's like being proud yeah. Or maybe it's happiness. What are those emotions? I'm going to get really real here. And this is, and this is something that we're going to talk about in a later episode. It's called the comparison trap. We're going to talk about this in depth, but maybe just maybe there might even be something deep inside of you. That's like, well, my friend Shelby through this wedding and it was so good and it was so amazing, but, um, I, we can do better. Like we're going to throw an even better party than they threw or, you know, through or something like that. And that is hard to come to grips with, to look at that in the mirror and go like, that is what it is. But it's important that you're honest. You don't want to fluff this up because no one else is going to see this. You, you really need to process and figure out why you want to throw a big party. Right. Um, even if it's something that may not seem honorable, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. or a negative emotion, like this exercise will not work if you are not honest with yourself. Yeah. No one else is going to know. You know that, that, that's a TikTok. They're not going to know. It, it, They're it'll gonna just, know. I'm not They're on TikTok, man. Oh my God. Chris. I've purposely not downloaded it because I will never suck. be off of it. Yep. I feel and that. I, already I feel that. Yeah. It's, it's pretty bad, but there, nobody else is going to know. So if it is that you want to throw this party because your friends have thrown it and you want to have pretty pictures just like they, and maybe that's it. Maybe you want to throw a wedding or have a wedding because it's you like want the pretty pictures. Photogenic wedding. Yeah. And if that's the case, we're not here to judge you. This right. is no. your exercise. This is. The next thing that we would say is that after you have figured out what your expectations are, you've identified them, you've identified the emotions behind them, uh, that you would then say, which expectations could affect uh, could potentially be affected by the pandemic? So you've got them now. Maybe there's multiple. Maybe there's just one. Could this or which of these could be uh, affected by the pandemic? So in this case that we have, how how would this play out, Ashley? So now I'm like, ooh, there's more that I could say here. So with the party. So how is my party going to be affected by the pandemic? Mm -hmm. Well, maybe I'm not going to be able to have 150 people. Maybe I'm only going to be able to have 30 people. But right. then you're like, ooh, but wait, could I, do I, wait, 
can can I go further here? Yeah, go, yeah, do it. Do what you got to so do. So with the party, like I'm now only going to have 20 people. So that's your new expectation. You can still have a party with 20 people, right? You can. You can still have a 20 party, 20 think person about party. House, think about house parties, man. You can exactly. have a house party with six people. Like uh, Yeah, games, board games, cornhole. You pick it. You can now do it. So maybe that's your new party, right? We've got this expectation that's going to be adjusted your guest list. Maybe you can't get married inside anymore and now you have to get married outside. So you were expecting an indoor wedding. Well, now we might need to expect an outdoor wedding, right? So we're identifying that's going to be adjusted. That's going to be adjusted. And also maybe one of your expectations was having pretty pictures, but that's not going to be affected. You'll still have pretty pictures. Yeah, for sure. It, it, it's, I mean, it's yeah, I can't really think of a reason why you wouldn't have, unless that, you hire a terrible photographer. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Don't do that. Or I wouldn't even say terrible. <laughs> I just say you go with like your uncle Phil who has a camera that he got. Don't do that. Don't yeah. go with uncle Phil. Don't go with uncle Phil. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, in, in really what you're doing then with this step is that you're trying to figure out, like you're anticipating, like, okay, what could happen? And that's really, really good because then you're not going to be caught off of your toes. By the way, this would be really, really good to do uh, with your partner, your significant other, your fiance, like that person, whoever, whatever you call each other, like this would be powerful to do with them as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, completely. Um, so, okay. Next thing. Next thing. I lost my place. I got it then. I got it. I got it. Okay. After that, you need to accept that your expectations might not be met. Again, we're bringing this reality and we're going, oh, wow, this might not, this might not happen. We may not get to party with all 150 of our guests on the dance floor, breathing heavily, drinking, like having the time of our lives. But that doesn't mean that we can't party with a smaller amount of people. So you're, you're, you're shifting. The shifting is beginning to take place mm-hmm. in this one. Where, where is that why now? Yeah. And that's the next thing. So now you can begin to pivot. You've accepted it. And if you listen to the last episode, we talked about our wedding why. Ashley really unpacked that and really kind of got in depth with that one. Um, but you have to remember your why. This is the whole reason that you're getting married. And so it's if you've not... The reason you're celebrating with a wedding. Yes. This is your why. This is your win. And if you, you've accepted all of these things, you've identified your expectations, all that, now you can pivot. And you pivot by remembering your why. And not just remembering it, but also like refocusing on it and keep coming. you keep coming back to it over and over and over again. Oh my gosh. I have an amazing quote. Do it. Where is it? Oh, it's, um, 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 okay. Hold on. I got it. I got it. I got it. I believe you better. This, you just, you know, you literally just made me think of it so hard. So this is the whole reason you're getting married. Okay. I don't know what you just said, but it like was, I'm like, oh my God, people need to hear this. Oh yeah. Okay. You ready? Yes. Drop the bomb. This is from Karen Hopkins from the book Wedding with Intention. It says, when you don't know why you are doing something, it is too easy to be swept up in the current of the things that you're supposed to do. Ooh, one more time. So, yeah. One more time. When you don't know why you're doing something, it's too easy to be swept up in the current of the things that you're supposed to do. So let's get rooted again in that why 
what is the why of your wedding? It why are you, you firmly getting planted? Exactly, because you, you be got to refocus. <clears throat> refocus, just like Chris said, because prior to refocusing, you possibly are swept up in all of the things that you're supposed to do that you lost the why. That's good. I love that quote. That was some fast recall, man. Good job with that. I know, I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, wait, wait, wait. You got it, I, you got it, you got it. Um, okay, so we did that. Figure out, you get rooted back in your why so that you're not, your feet aren't knocked out from underneath you. You can stay firmly planted in your why. Then ask yourself the question, how did you expect to achieve your why pre-pandemic? Okay, so this is also going back to like, if it was party, maybe your plans to achieve uh, your why, and let's say your why again was also like your expectations and your why were tied together and you wanted to have a big party and you wanted to celebrate with the people that you care about the most. So that may have looked like, like we've already said, having a DJ and having a big dance floor and having this party and this big old thing and this dance thing and cha-cha slide and everything. I actually hate the cha-cha slide. But you you having all of these, these this hardcore dance party on the dance floor. Okay, that's how it was going to happen. You've identified that. What are some new ways that you can still achieve this why? What right. are some and- new ways? So party, well, maybe we're not partying on the dance floor with the DJ. Maybe we are having a minute to win it. Remember minute to win it? Remember I that do show remember minute to win it. Yeah. Maybe we're having a minute to win it themed reception. And me and my family members, we are all going head to head with our spouse or we're drawn out of a hat and we're all getting to know each other a little better. And we are going to have a competition and party this way. Or maybe we're going to karaoke. I was going to say karaoke. Do you know how much fun yeah. karaoke is when people are drunk? Right. Oh my gosh, we're it's st- the best. We're going to play Flip Cup. We yeah. are going to play circle the Circle of Death. I don't know if you ever drink no. game Circle of Death. It's like we put all the card, like a deck of cards, and you when you finish it, you put it underneath the a beer cap, uh, beer tab. Yeah. And then they start to stack up. And then whoever puts it on there when it cracks has to chug the beer. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's pretty, it's that circle of intense. death. Yeah. It's, it's a really fun game, but so you have all of these new ways that you can still achieve your why your why might be because you have to have a part or want to have a party. Maybe your why is because you just want to bring your family together. How can you still achieve this even though your expectations are shifting? And this is, and this is how you pivot. You're coming up with your own solutions and you're doing, you're thinking and you're breaking actually out of the wedding industry norms because a pandemic has caused brides to do that. It's caused everything to get shaken up, which may seem like a really, really terrible thing, but it's also been a really, really good thing. Like we've also seen some really, really awesome things happen in weddings that have been like, wouldn't have been here had a pandemic not happened. Yeah, one of my weddings from the spring, they had 25 people show up. Originally, it was like a 200-person guest list, and they had to pivot, and this was a couple months after the pandemic, and what they ended up doing something really cool where, and it's little, but it's just so sweet, and it wouldn't have been able to happen where all of their guests brought their their dining room chairs to the wedding. And so all the guests got to sit in this community like of just borrowed chairs. So you probably had all different kinds, black chairs, brown chairs, white chairs, standing chairs, bar chairs, you know. Yep. And they were also got married in their in his parents backyard, which is another like symbolism. And then like on that, another one of my weddings that was this October, 
they had their ceremony at their, let's see, their grandparents, their grandparents and their parents shared property. Yeah. So they had their ceremony at their grandparents' property, like underneath all of these leaves and like leaves were falling. They were originally oh, going to get man. married at like a white barn. Yeah. So this is very different, but like leaves are falling. They're in her grandparents' backyard. She got ready upstairs in this room that her grandmother created in hopes that her grandchildren would get ready there wow. on their wedding day. Legitimately in hopes. And it wasn't originally going to happen, but now it got to happen. And then they had their reception at their parents' house in their driveway. But the coolest part, aside from that, is this couple in particular had their first date on this property, their first oh, kiss man. on this property. He proposed on this property. So and they it got held married so much on this value. Property. So much value. It wasn't just a pretty place. It was. That's amazing. Oh my gosh. One. And then all of like another one that her dad built the table and the benches. So like the benches that they sat on during yeah. the ceremony, it was like 10 people. And then also the table that they all shared a meal with. And he made that for the wedding. And it's just like where people gather. So all of these really, really beautiful things have occurred. Yeah, I remember. I mean, I've said this to all of my couples this year in hopes to encourage them, but also it's just the truth. My favorite weddings have been these intimate weddings. It They're just so special. Yes, they were not the original plan. They weren't. But I, I also think that couples didn't just know that this was an option that they would love. Like the amount of stress that is not present in these smaller weddings is just so great. Everything's more lighthearted. Um, couples are more relaxed. They're not stressed out. They're not worrying about all these decorations that have to, who's carrying this over here and who's doing this over here. They're just so stressful. Like a wedding, a regular wedding, normal day is stressful. It's so stressful. Where do I, I would, need to be? Who needs to be where? Yes. Did he bring his things? Yes. I would argue that these intimate ceremonies that have been taking place because of COVID have literally just like amplified the intentionality, the romance, the love story, the the all of it. They've just brought it together. A lot of times they're happening at parents or grandparents' houses where it's just they people do such a good job like decorating these things and making backyards look amazing. It's just it's blowing my mind. And yeah, well, I, a lot of the time their budget goes farther too. Yes, and they're able to like, well, you know, we're able to maybe splurge. Like I know of couples who they weren't going to be able to have a videographer. Well, because they didn't have to provide food for, you know, 250 people, they were able to hire a videographer and they were able mm -hmm. to get this thing that mattered to them. And so you're able to save money. You're able to do these things. And so it's not all bad news. Like right. that's one of the things that we wanted to let you guys know is that your day can be just as magical and just as beautiful and just as representative of who you are, probably even more so in an intimate ceremony than with a 300-person guest list. Yeah. So one of my couples, this is like the most special thing that had like it brought me to tears. And she planned during this time, and she was her family members were all in the healthcare field. She was very careful. They've like literally wore guests wore, wore masks the entire time, even the whole reception. It was commendable. That's very hard to do when alcohol gets involved. Right. But she sent me this after the fact, and I'm gonna read it. And I just think it's very important and insightful for people 
to hear this perspective. And it's actually a very old little short story um, by Emily Pearl Kingsley. She wrote it in 1987. Wow. But it is so relevant now. It And my bride said, I don't want you to think I'm comparing my wedding to what it's like to be a mother to a child with a disability. Right. But the, the story and premise behind this, I think, can be so relevant and like perspective changing for couples. Yes. So this is what it says. Yes. I'm often asked to describe the experience of raising a child with a disability to try to help people who haven't shared that unique experience, understand it, to imagine how it would feel. It feels like this. When you're going to have a baby, it's like planning a fabulous vacation trip to Italy. You buy a bunch of guidebooks and you make wonderful plans. The Coliseum, the Michelangelo David, the gondolas in Venice. You may learn some handy phrases in Italian. It's all very exciting. After months of eager anticipation, the day finally arrives. You pack your bags and off you go. Several hours later, the plane lands. The stewardess comes in and she says, welcome to Holland. Holland, you say. What do you mean Holland? I signed up for Italy. I'm supposed to be in Italy. All of my life, I've dreamed of going to Italy. But there's been a change in the flight plan. They've landed in Holland, and there you must stay. The important thing is that they haven't taken you to a horrible, disgusting, filthy place full of pestilence, famine, and disease. It's just a different place. So you must go out, buy new guidebooks, and you must learn a whole new language. And you will meet a whole new group of people that you would have never met. It's just a different place. It's slower paced than Italy, less flashy than Italy. But after you've been there for a while and you catch your breath, you look around and you begin to notice that Holland has windmills and Holland has tulips. Holland even has Rembrandts. But everyone you know is busy coming and going from Italy. They're all bragging about what a wonderful time that they had there. And for the rest of your life, you will say, yes, that's where I was supposed to go. That's what I'd planned. And the pain of that will never, ever, ever go away because the loss of that dream is a very significant loss. But if you spend your life mourning the fact that you didn't get to Italy, you may never be free to enjoy the very special, the very lovely things about Holland. That is so beautiful. Isn't and by the it? way, can I also say you should like narrate children's books? <laughs> you did, you I did do. a really good job of that. I wish Thank people you. could have seen the video of that because you had the hand motions and everything kind of going in it. That's oh, so thanks. true. I, that is that it, all of that. Like, yes, you didn't plan. That big wedding. You didn't plan to end up having a wedding that is smaller potentially. Maybe you dreamed your whole life of having this big, wonderful, amazing day. But if you just focus on that, you'll miss the beauty that could potentially lie in front of you. That is your wedding day. Wow. That was I like so that. well done. I like, I like that we're ending on this positive, happy note. Right? And like there that. really are so many positive things that can happen. Like, I mean, I know we referenced examples, but just live in that joy of the possibility that you have been unwillingly gifted I guess but look at it as a gift yeah it's like all about it, perspective it really is all about perspective like it, it it can be a beautiful day and they are beautiful days 
And what yeah, I noticed the, the most thing, the thing that I noticed the most about them is a couple's willingness to have the attitude shift and go, you know what? I'm going to enjoy today regardless of what it brings. Um, I've yet to have a bride who's just been like, you know, throwing a fit all day because it, it wasn't that. But I think that's because people begin to realize like, this is still a special day. I'm going to make the most of it. And that's what we encourage you guys to do. Yep. 100%. Most like all of them have said, I'm really glad now that we're here that I don't have 150 people to go greet right now. Yeah. That I didn't spend $2,500 on floral arrangements that, you know, as beautiful as those are not to knock floral arrangements. I'm just right. Right. And $4,000 on catering, which would have been wondrous, but yeah, there's light. I think we hit that. We hit that topic. I think as well. I'm yep. very, I feel very, very like, light peaceful. After. Yeah, I do too. I yeah, do too. Good. We were I really hope. worried this was going to be too dark of like a conversation, but I feel really at peace. Yeah, me too. And I hope you as a listener feel at peace as well, you know, and that, and that hopefully that this can bring some hope to your day and that we've given you some tools to put in your toolbox to be able to deal with expectations and the stress that can come with planning a wedding during COVID. Um, We would love it if you guys would go and subscribe to the podcast uh, that if this show is doing um, wonders for your mental health or it's shedding some light on some things or even if it's just helping you process, uh, if you would go and leave us a review, that helps us more than you would ever know. Um, And then if you want to keep up with us and connect with us on a more personal note, you can go follow us on Instagram at The Bridal Breakdown. And uh, you can connect with with us there. We're going to be posting stories and reels. And and we have lots and lots of social media plans um, that will be coming down the pipe. And so go follow us there. Um, You got anything else, Ashley, to add? Tell a friend. Tell a friend. Tell a friend. Do that for us today. Share share this with a friend. Yeah, send, send them the link. Tag them in a post. Do something. Share it with them. Yep. That's all we got. That's all we got. That's all she wrote. All right, we're gonna we'll come up with the time. we're gonna come up with the catchy like signing off phrase. I know we will. We'll figure something out. We will. It's gonna be but, like a <laughs> a nugget to end on. I know. Well, yeah, I feel like it just comes. You know. Yeah, they'll just it's come. like nicknames. It just comes. It's, it'll just happen. We haven't got to the point with the podcast yet that we have like this nickname thing. We haven't gotten there. No, no. we'll get there. But for now, yeah, for sure. We'll see you guys later. See you later. Bye. <laughs>